This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Luke chapter 1 verse 30 says this, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive. Oh, this is pretty neat. Do you ever think about this, folks? Before she even conceived, God told her the gender of the child. Pretty amazing. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, and we praise you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. God, people have given their lives to you today. And I pray today in this service that people will come to know you as personal Savior. And for all you do, we're going to bow our unworthy heads and we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about when Christmas cheer becomes Christmas fear. When Christmas cheer becomes Christmas fear. Louis Armstrong was a great trumpet player. But Louis Armstrong said he grew up in Louisiana and he said, I worked for a lady by the name of Mrs. Halley. And he said on one occasion, Mrs. Halley said to me, Louie, I want you to go down to the lake, take this bucket, and get some water because we're going to need some water. In a few minutes, Louie went down to the lake. He came back with the bucket. The bucket was completely empty. And Mrs. Halley said, Louie, why no water? He said, well, Mrs. Halley, when I got down to the lake, he said there was a large alligator down there. And he said, Mrs. Halley, that alligator lifted his head up. She said, oh, Louie, that alligator has been down there for years. Louie, that alligator was probably as scared of you as you were him. He said, Mrs. Halley, if that alligator was as scared of me as I was him, that water's not fit to drink anyway. <laughs> fear. Zig Ziglar said that fear and a... Uh, an appropriate acrostic for fear is simply false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Now, you know, folks, I'm going to, the good Lord willing, after the first of the year, I'm going to preach a series of messages on eschatology. I'm going to preach a series of messages on the end times. And we're going to talk about what's actually going to happen in the end because we're certainly living in the end times today. And by the way, Jesus could come any moment. Any moment. There's no, You say, well, pastor, what has to be fulfilled before Jesus can come? Nothing has to be fulfilled before Jesus can come. Jesus could come before I finish this message. Nothing. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Nothing. But you know, we think about the signs of the end times. We say, Pastor Benny, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places, and there'll be, there'll be wars, and there'll be rumors of wars. There'll be all these signs of, of the end. Certainly they will. But let me give you a sign that many times we overlook. It's in Luke verse 21, 
chapter 21, verse 26, look what it says. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. What did God say? Here's what God said. One of the signs of the end is going to be great fear. One of the signs of the end is going to be men's hearts failing them for fear. And as we approach the Christmas season, it seems to me that people have so many fears. Some are major, some are minor, but they're major to people. People fear not having enough money, not having enough money. People fear not meeting everybody's expectations. People fear not pleasing everybody. People fear Christmas. And this Christmas is going to be different because of who's not going to be there. But some people fear Christmas because of who is going to be there. Amen? Fear. You know, the Bible says 366 times. I don't know this. This is just Benny. I don't know this. But 366 times the Bible says, fear not. Fear not. Why do you think so, Pastor? One for every day and one for leap year. Amen? Fear not. So as I begin to process and think about when Christmas cheer becomes Christmas fear, I thought about the, the characters of Christmas. I thought about the people of Christmas. And I began to research and I began to notice how much fear was woven into the Christmas story. I love what Max Licato said. Max Licato said, the presence of fear does not mean you have no faith. The presence of fear does not mean you have no faith. He said, fear visits everyone, but make fear a visitor and not a resident. <laughs> make fear in your life a visitor and not a resident. Now, as I began to think about the people of Christmas and the fears they had, I want to talk to you about five of them. First of all, I want to talk to you about Mary. See, Mary feared not being adequate. Mary feared not being adequate. Let me give you the background. She's probably 15 years old. She's a poor Jewish girl. She's 15 years old. She's a poor Jewish girl. And Mary is told, you're going to have the Christ child. Mary is told, she's 15 years old, and she's told, you're going to have a child, and God is the father. You're going to have the Christ child. But not only, ladies and gentlemen, are you going to have the Christ child, but you've got a responsibility to raise the Christ child. My goodness, what a responsibility to be a parent. But what a responsibility when your child is Jesus, the Son of God. And certainly, she felt inadequate. And as I study Christmas, and I study people, 
I find people the same way. I find people saying, Pastor, I'm not good enough. I find people saying, I'm the wrong color. Pastor, I can't do the job. I'm not adequate. I'm not educated enough. I, I, I don't have enough money. I'm from the wrong family. I don't have the right appearance. I, I'm not the right size. I, I don't fit in. I, I'd really like to say to a young person today, you were never meant to fit in. God didn't create you to fit in. God created you to stand out. Hey, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I, didn't, I haven't said this statement in any of the other services. But I'm speaking to somebody today. Listen to me very closely. If you always follow the crowd, you'll never be followed by a crowd. If you always follow the crowd, you'll never be followed by a crowd. God didn't create you. God didn't create you to fit in some mold. God created you to stand out and to be uniquely you and to be what he has created you to be. Mary said I'm just not adequate but look what Jesus said <laughs> and the angel said unto her Mary fear not Mary for you found favor with God you say pastor I, I, I don't feel adequate what does God say to you I'll tell you what he says to you fear not you said, you don't understand. I've messed up in my past. What does God say to me? God says to you, fear not. But see, Mary, Mary wasn't the only one that battled fear. Joseph battled fear. See, Joseph feared the opinion of others. He feared the opinion of others. Many people are controlled by what others think. See, look what the Bible says in Matthew 1, verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Now, let me say something about Joseph, folks. There's no record in the Bible of Joseph ever speaking. Maybe that's why he had a good marriage. There's no record in the Bible of Joseph ever speaking. Hey, hey, here's a thought. Maybe he didn't get opportunity to speak. I've met some of those. Yes, I met them. Hey, hey, let me say this. One man said, my wife and I had words, Preacher Benny. I said, is that right? He said, yeah, I just didn't get to use mine. Amen. <laughs> but look, he was a just man, and he didn't want to make her a public example. And he minded to put her away privately. Look, look here. When somebody committed adultery in the Bible, under the law, there were three options. Number one, you could stone them. Because adultery was a capital offense. I'm grateful we're under grace. You say, what do you, what do you say? No, no, I, I, I'm in the grace race, folks. He said it was a capital offense, so you could stone. But look, you could also put your maid away publicly in the presence of three rabbis. Or you could do it privately in the presence of two witnesses. Joseph said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just put her away privately. See, 
Fear of man is a snare. Fear of man is a snare. But look what the Bible says in Matthew one twenty. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, the son of David, wait, fear not. Take thee, Mary, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. I, I want to ask you something, folks. Whose approval are you living for? No, I, I don't, don't nobody drop your heads. I'll let you know when we're going to pray. <laughs> Whose approval are you living for? See, I don't know the secret to success. But I know the secret to failure, and that's trying to please everybody. And when you please God, it doesn't matter who you don't please. But if you don't please God, it doesn't matter who you do please. And all I'm trying to say to you folks... You say, well, Pastor, I don't know how to deal with this. I'll tell you how to deal with it. If you'll be intimate with God, you'll never be intimidated by man. See, so, so you got to get this. Mary feared not being adequate. Joseph feared the opinion of others. But look, the shepherds appeared change. It, it's, I'm trying to move, but it's in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Look what it says. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. I'm not going to say much of this, but the shepherds were the lowest of the low. Their testimony was not even admissible in the court of law. They just had a mundane job. But the Bible says, And lo, the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And look, <laughs> and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, what? Fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You said, Pastor Benny, there, there's a change happening in my life. What, 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 what advice would you give me? I'd give you the advice that God gives. Fear not. If God's directing you in a new relationship, fear not. Now, let me make a quick injection. If you're married, he's not going to do that. But if, if, if God's directing you in a new relationship, fear not. A new job, fear not. A new school, fear not. A, a new start, a new church. What's God saying to us? He's saying, fear not. But many people are fearing change and they never become what God wants them to become. Let me tell you the fourth thing. Herod feared losing control. <laughs> he feared losing control. Let me tell you about this guy and then we'll read the scripture. Herod killed three of his sons. He killed his wife and he killed his mother. And the reason why he killed all these people is he thought they were trying to take over his throne. He was so paranoid of somebody getting his position. Now look what happened. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Look at this. Herod said, what do you mean? I am the king of the Jews. Where is he that's born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and we're come to worship him. Look, when Herod the king heard these things, 
he was troubled. What was his fear, pastor? He feared losing control. I'm not going to camp long here, but understand this. The more insecure a person is, the more controlling they'll be of others. If somebody says, oh, I, have to, I just have to control everything. No, no, what you need to do is deal with the insecurity in your life. Because when you have to control everything, it's an indicator of insecurity. I, I don't mean to say this, but I have leaders say to me, I'm going to know everything that goes on in my organization. Let me tell you something. If you have to know everything that goes on in your organization, there's not much going to go on in your organization. Because you have to be secure enough to de delegate to really make a great difference. I don't know who that's for, but it felt good. <laughs> now get this. There's one more. Zacharias, he feared being disappointed again. You said, Pastor, what are you talking about? He feared disappointed again. Well, he and, he and his wife, Elizabeth, they wanted to have a baby. And they prayed for years and they prayed for years and they prayed for years. But yet nothing happened. So, goodness, I'm just going to be disappointed again. And Pastor Benny, I just fear being disappointed again. I just fear being hurt again. I just fear trusting again. Well, look what the Bible says. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right hand of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. And the angel said, Zacharias, fear not. Your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth is going to bear a son. And she'll call his name John. She said, Pastor, you've talked to us about people who had fears. But how do we deal with the fears? How do we overcome it? I want to bring you to here. Step number one to overcoming the fears in your life is surrender your life to God every day. So you said, well, Pastor, I've given my life to Christ. No, no, I know you have. But you have to surrender your life to God every day. That's what Mary did. Read the scripture. It says, and Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it according to thy word. She said, God, I don't fully understand, but I just surrender. See, folks, the difference in faith and trust is trust involves surrender. Trust involves surrender. Look, look here, look here, folks. And I, 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 you've trusted God with your soul. The only thing that's going to last forever. There's two things that will last forever. The Word of God. And the souls of men and women. And if you can trust him with your soul, you can trust him with everything else. You can trust him with everything else. So here's what I say to you. Every day, every day surrender your life to God. Number two, stop listening to the voices of fear. Stop listening to the voices of fear. That's what Mary did. If you read in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through verse 49, 
Mary just stopped listening to the voices of fear. Because I want to remind you of something, folks. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, God hath not given you the spirit of fear. Young person, listen to me. God's not given you the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of sound mind. You said, Pastor, what are you talking about? Get this. Stay there. Stay there, team. God has endued you with power. God has endued you with power. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Here's what I mean, folks. If you know God, the Holy Spirit is inside you. <laughs> and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? He's endued you with power. Little girl said, oh, mama, is Jesus inside me? She said, oh, Jesus is inside you. She said, oh, mama, I'm little. And Jesus is big, so if Jesus is inside me, shouldn't he stick out? I want you to know something, folks. You've been endued with power, but I want you to know something else. You've been enriched with love. God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. There's a verse that I never understood for many years. It's 1 John 4 and 18. I'd read this verse. It says, there's no fear in love, for perfect love casteth out fear. And I'd get on my knees and I'd say, God, I'm, I'm, I must not be where I need to be. Because I fear this or I fear that. But I realized something, folks. That's not talking about my love for God. It's talking about God's love for me. Because God's love for me is perfect. And God loves me no matter what. And God loves me whether I'm up or whether I'm down. God loves me no matter what. God loves me unconditionally. And there's not anything I can make God do to love me anymore. There's not anything I can make God love me any less. Whether I like it or not. God loves me. And God loves you. You've been endued with power. You've been enriched with love. But you've been enlightened with a sound mind. Look here, folks, understand, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them nesting, from nesting in your hair. <laughs> Philippians 4 and 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. You say, Pastor, how can I deal with the fear? Well, step number two, step number two, Stop listening to the voices of fear. And step number three, saturate your mind with truth. Saturate your mind with truth. Somebody says the truth shall set you free. No, no, it didn't say that. It says and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. It's not the truth that's going to set you free. It's the knowledge of the truth. And when you appropriate and assimilate the truth into your life. One man said, I took my pocket knife and cut the tail off a vicious lion. And somebody said, why didn't you cut his head off? He said, somebody already had. <laughs> Look here, this quote by Spurgeon is gold. Spurgeon said, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord, you don't need to fear the past because it's been forgiven. Amen? That's reason enough to shout right there because it's been forgiven. He said, 
If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord, you don't need to fear the past because it's been forgiven. You don't need to fear the present because God will provide. And you don't need to fear the future because your eternity is secure. I want to give you the last point and I'm done. How to overcome fear this Christmas. Share Christmas with others. Share Christmas with others. Look what Luke 2.15 says. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, look, let us now go to Bethlehem. Let us, not just me, but go to Bethlehem this Christmas and take somebody else with you. <laughs> go to Bethlehem this Christmas and take somebody else with you. I'll give you something to think about. The wise men bring the gift of gold. Process this, folks. These wise men from Mesopotamia bring gold to a poor couple. You say, Preacher Benny, how do you know they were poor? Well, as their sacrifice for dedication for Jesus, they offered up turtle doves. They couldn't afford a lamb. He was just a carpenter. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. Do you think they were expecting kings to show up with gold? It was unexpected. It was unexpected. My mother's birthday is October the 20th. And when I first came down here, it was probably 10 or $20. But let's just say hypothetically on my mother's birthday on October 20th, I would send her a card and I would say to mama, happy birthday on October the 20th. Now the, the bills increased some through the years, but the story's been pretty much the same. On October the 20th, I would send her a card and say happy birthday and let's just say it had a $20 bill in it. Well, my birthday's November the 9th. So a couple of weeks later on November the 9th, I would get a card back and I would mark the bill. <laughs> and it would be the very same bill that I had sent her. She'd sent back to me and said, happy birthday, Benny, on your birthday. I don't know if we were actually doing any giving. Now, now, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Because you've done this in your mind. I wonder how much so-and-so will spend on me. I wonder how much, because I want to spend just as much on them. Because they're going to give me a gift, and I'm going to give them a gift. And, and what it really is, folks, it's just a gift for a gift, gift, gift. I'm not convinced anybody's doing any giving. 
It's just a gift for a gift, gift, gift. Uh, you, you ever done this? You ever go to the mailbox and you get a Christmas card and you oh, goodness, I never thought they'd send one. I hope I can get them one in the mail before Christmas. It's just a gift for a gift, gift, gift. What about this Christmas we tried to give unexpected gifts? What, what if we tried to give gifts to people that really wouldn't be expecting it? You say, well, I bought six or eight gifts for my child. I don't mean it's wrong, but if, if three is enough for Jesus, it's enough for anybody. Boy, some mamas gave me dirty looks. But anyway, <laughs> all I'm trying to say is this, folks. Share Christmas with others. Uh, I love Christmas music. I, I promise I listen to it year round. Year round. This morning, early, 5 o'clock. I'm singing Christmas songs on the treadmill for him. I love that song. It's a strange way to save the world. Today it wasn't for him. It was five him. I was helping him. I, I was singing Christmas. I, I love Christmas music. There's a preacher by the name of Philip Brooks. The Civil War had just ended. I think about 620,000 people lost their lives. The Civil War had just ended. And this preacher, Philip Brooks, was in Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. How neat to be in Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. And he said, I was on a horse and I was looking at Bethlehem. And he said, God gave me that song and he wrote that song. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. And I want to leave you today with one line from the song that's so good. This is the line. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. I say to you, congregation, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Jesus! The hopes and fears of all the years are met in Jesus Christ. You said, Pastor Benny, The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Seth, come see Pastor Benny. The hopes, the fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Seth, a couple weeks ago, they said you were dead for about six minutes. 
aren't you grateful that yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I'll fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight but listen stay standing Seth, if God had chosen the other way, you would be with him. But I want you to know he's with you. And you can handle anything, even death, because the hopes and fears of all the years are met in him tonight. One more time, let's praise him. One more time, let's praise him. One more time. He merits our praise. He merits our praise. He merits our praise. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.